happy Friday and welcome to my broken reason. Um, so just to let you guys know, you can always contact me and email me either by Instagram, Twitter, or Facebook. Um, I also, you can also email me at mybrokenreason at hotmail.com. Um, so if you guys have any questions, um, you can, um, just look me up. Um, and not me, obviously, because I am Cindy anyone. I am anonymous, but I will get back to you. So, um, and don't forget if you just to like it and share. Um, and um, yeah, so uh, on to today. Um, so I've been thinking on my mom's um, anniversary is coming up of when she passed away, my biological mom. And um, I've just been kind of thinking a bit about her lately um, and how she, you know, she, she changed things in my, like, obviously parents have an influence on your lives. And I, she, I know she meant well, um, she knew she was sick and she knew she was dying. Um, and, but she did something to me that, psychologically just has ruined me um into adulthood um I'm now aware of it uh of, of things that I do and I'll go into details in a minute um but and I know she did the best that she could um with the resources that she had and the situations that we were always in and um her state of mind um because of all the abuse that she endured in her own childhood and then at the hands of my uh, biological father, um, she, she wasn't mentally well. Um, she went through bouts of depression. Um, she had uh, a huge amounts of anxiety at times. Um, you know, she was hospitalized um, and this is, you know, for mental health issues. Um, and she also suffered, um, from a neurological issue where she would get her anxiety would trigger something neurologically in her brain. And she, it was almost like she would, she would um, tense up and she would freeze. Her body would literally just kind of contract and um, she, you know, she would fall rigid almost as if you've ever seen any uh, anybody that's had tetanus before, um, something like that. Um, so there was a lot of things going on with her and, and yet she was free spirited and she was, she would stop and dance to music and she was loved by so many people and she was just very outgoing and just the life of the party kind of thing. Um, that's how that's, you know, she'd walk into a room and people would run out, you know, not literally run up, but you know, they would, they want to talk to her, they gravitate towards her. Um, and I inherited a lot of those traits, um, from her and, you know, the life of the party, the very friendly, very charismatic, very outgoing, um, personality I inherited from her, but, um, I also inherited, um, and sorry, I don't mean inherited. She she instilled in me this 
I have this thing about having to be a people pleaser. And I think it came with the fact that she knew she was dying. Um, it was kept from me. Um, but she, cause I was, I was quite young. Um, but she knew she was dying and, um, she wanted people to, you know, like me. She didn't want me to be the crazy teenager that, you know, talks back and, um, stays out all night and, you know, just normal teenage stuff. She wanted me to, um, she wanted somebody to take care of me and want to take care of me. And, um, she didn't want me to rebel and, you know, she'd say things like, you know, when you go to someone's house, you make sure that you, you know, you have to be, you have to clean and you have to listen to what they say. And, you know, and, and those are typical parent stuff, but the way she would go about it, um, it, it, it was, I would, I don't want to say it was abusive, but it was a mental, it, it was a, almost that fine line between mental abuse because she, she wanted me to be okay, but she just didn't have the tools to help me understand, um, you know, that, that, that there's certain, you know, you, you're polite and people will like you more kind of thing. And if you please people, they'll like you more. That's kind of how she went about it. Um, and I, I know it came from a good place. Um, So I just feel really horrible for her because I know she meant it in a well, you know, for me to be okay. Um, and it, it, it actually just ruined me for the rest of my life, pretty much. Not Well, now I'm aware of it, so not for the rest of my life, but for a great deal in my life. I was always concerned about other people's feelings and ignoring mine. And I sometimes fall into that, um, into that pit where... Um, I kind of almost instinctively go to that. And I did it throughout my marriage. Um, oh, something's upsetting my husband. Um, let me, let me do something so that it'll make him happy. So he'll like me and he'll want to be with me and he'll want to stay and, or he'll, you know, whatever, he won't be mad at me anymore. And I did it as an automatic. Um, I didn't do it on, uh, you know, fully aware that I was doing it. Looking back on it, I see I did that. And I did it instinctively because it was kind of like my retreat, like, oh no, my, you know, we're arguing, my marriage isn't going well. What can I do to please him? What can I do to, and I did it unconsciously. Um, it was part of my subconscious that I, how I did, I went around about it because um, it was so ingrained into me. Um, that I want people to like me. Um, even though I'm, you know, people tend to like me. Um, I, you know, I've been the life of the party and I have had a lot of friends and, um, you know, uh, people do naturally gravitate towards me or they used to, um, before I changed when I got married. And there was a lot of things that, I did. I was in a new country. I didn't know anybody, and that just made me go instinctively into that mode of pleasing people. And you know, I talked about this before. I lost myself somewhere, <clears throat> and excuse me. And um, I just became a different person. Um, I, 
you know, I, I've talked about it before where I don't think I've genuinely laughed, belly hurting, can't breathe, kind of laughing. Um, probably the entire time I've been here, I can't honestly think of of something that's happened where I've just fallen down going, oh my God, I can't breathe, like stop, I'm dying here from laughter. Um, you know, there's been things that have been funny. Yeah, and you laugh and you kind of, you know, oh, that's really funny. And you laugh a couple of minutes and something else happens and that's it. But, you know, I can think back when I lived back in America and, you know, hanging out with my friends and there's been times where I'm like, can't breathe laughing and, or, you know, having a great time and all those memories. And here it, it's, that's not what I, that's not what I get when I think of it. And I know what you're thinking, why don't you just move back? But we've talked about this before. It's really difficult, especially with a small child. Um, but it also, it wasn't, it's, it's more of who I am as a person and how I've retreated into myself more than possibly the people around me. I mean, and that does have something to do with it. It has to do with the area that I'm in, um, has to do with uh, the people I, I'm around, um, but it has to do a lot with me. Um, and that's what I'm working on. And that's where I'm trying to become more of who I am and my happy self. And I'm, I'm working on who I am as a person. And so, yeah, so, you know, you, so my mom, um, going back to that, you know, she, she wanted, she wanted people to take care of me, you know, I, I was, I was young, and she wanted people to like having me around, um, you know, clean and do the dishes and, you know, all of these things um, that, you know, just to make it so that I was uh, more of a, you know, an asset to have versus a burden. Um, she didn't want me to be the lazy teenager um, or preteen, you know, sitting around, uh, you know, going, fuck you, hey, I don't want to talk to you, hey, you know, the whole teen slamming doors, the teenager, I hate you, you know, all that. She, she's no one's going to like you. No one's going to want you in their house. And what she should have been looking at, you know, as an adult, I see is that someone should have loved me unconditionally, even despite being a teenager and going through the mood swings and going through all that. Because what ended up happening in the end is I became homeless and I literally lived in a closet for a couple of weeks. At one point I've lived in my car. Um, bounced around from friend to friend and I had no stability. Um, and this is from 15, 16 years old. Um, I, I was doing fantastic in school and then, you know, I, I ended up homeless and living with some friends sleeping on the floor of somebody's apartment where I was paying, uh, rent towards, but I was too young, you know, to, to be on the lease. I wasn't of legal age. And then that person just one day, um, moved. And so I ended up living with another friend, but that person's father was racist and I wasn't allowed to be living there. So I literally hid in the closet under piles of clothes and comforters, um, for about three weeks. And I had to sneak out 
a window because it was on the same property as as their father and um i had to sneak out a back window whenever i wanted to leave the house because he was retired and he the way the house is were set up um they faced each other so i couldn't walk out the front door because i'd be in view of his front door and so i used to have to jump out the back window facing the street um and go through a little wooded area to then get out to the road to leave um and if he ever caught me he literally would have shot me um because that's that it was that kind of environment he was it was a country home and he you know i was on his property he didn't know who i was he's never met me before and here i am climbing out a window and not only that but i'm i'm not <laughs> i'm not white <laughs> so obviously um that would have been a problem um so yeah so that was an absolute dangerous situation i was i i didn't i would have um i couldn't eat breakfast there i couldn't do anything there um and back then you had no, you know, you had no cell phones. You could just kind of sit and read or whatever on your phone. I literally would just be under this pile of clothes and comforters and just excess stuff. Um, and I'd w go to sleep. I'd wake up. Um, I would quietly ducking, sometimes even like crawling to the bathroom, go to the bathroom. Um, and then I would go back and I would change in the closet. The closet had no doors. Um, it was just an open space. If you can imagine a closet with just no doors in it, no doors on them, just piles of clothes. It was just like a spare room or a storage or something. And um, so I change um, hiding in a corner and then I would put everything in a, in a, a black garbage bag that was supposed to be like one of the bags that would be go going away, you know, like is using as like piles of storage or whatever. Um, so it it would make it would blend in with what was already there, and then I would climb out the window, close the window, um, and then pray that he didn't see me running through the little couple of trees that were there between the house and the road, um, because that that would be a massive um, problem. Um, so that was three weeks, uh, just about just a little over three weeks of that. Um, and finally it just got to the point where I was like, I can't do this anymore. He almost caught me a few times in the house when they were home. Um, uh, they, they were a couple and, um, you know, he, they were, he wasn't allowed the the son whose, whose father it was who were living on the property. He wasn't allowed to have, um, visitors it was just the girlfriend and him that were only allowed to be in the house because that was the deal of him staying there temporarily and um and he caught me you know he almost caught me there a few times and it it was to the point i mean i literally ducked and hid inside um a double cabinet in the kitchen uh, you know they what they didn't have a lot of stuff so i was just lucky that i can fit um into this little cat into this cabinet um and that they didn't have like pots and pans and all that because he heard they heard him coming up the steps on the on the front porch and they were like hide um and i was standing in the kitchen i literally ducked down went into the into the cabinet and i was praying that i didn't bang anything while i was in there and he was there for about 45 minutes just you know chatting with the son and, and then the girlfriend 
And here I am hiding. And it just got to the point where it was just, and he, you know, he was re- reiterating, oh, you remember, you don't, you know, you guys have to be home at a certain time. You guys, he had rules. He was very strict and he was an asshole basically, um, which is why his son, uh, my friend and his girlfriend, both, you know, both of my friends, um, his, his son had left, but they found themselves um, without anywhere to live because the original roommate that we, where we were all staying um, decided to, uh, leave and uh, the lease was up and they were supposed to all renew and and um, we were all supposed to upgrade to a three bedroom apartment so I can pay rent and stay in the room have my own room and it actually ended up being that they she just picked up a mo- one of the room the other roommate picked up a moving van and said right I'm leaving and she's, she was moving to a different state she wanted to go back home where she was from and um didn't tell anybody till literally that day. And it was about a month and a half before the lease was up. And that's when you typically go in and you sign a new lease um, right around the, you know, the 30 day mark. And they said, she said no. And they said, well, we can't afford a one bedroom even by ourselves. Um, Cause it was cheaper to split it. Um, and they said, well, we're gonna, you know, let's go back, you know, where are we gonna go? And so he said, well, I'll talk to my dad and let's see if we can save money and do all this. And that's what they ended up doing. And feeling bad for me, they said, oh, you can come, but you have to hide. And I had literally nowhere to go. Um, I was 16 at this point. And I, you know, what was I going to do? So I couldn't go to school. I couldn't do anything. And the times I did try to get to school because where I, I was staying was nowhere near where I was going to high school. Um, I would catch a lift. And um, yeah, that was what I did. And my, my grades dropped and it just was horrible. And then I finally moved. A friend of mine, a uh, classmate, realized what was going on. And she's like, you can't do that. And so um, I stayed with them and I paid for, um, because my, both my parents were passed away by then I had a small inheritance, uh, very small. And, um, I said, Oh, well, you know, they were looking for a place like, Oh, we'll get a three. Why don't we get a three bedroom, your sisters, you know, you, your sister and me. And they did. And I paid for everything up front, paid for deposits, paid for a couple of months rent. And I thought, perfect. You know, I've got a place to live. And again, I couldn't be on the lease because I was a minor. And I came home to change locks. And yeah, that was it. My stuff in a box outside in another black garbage bag. And I was out. And they said, well, try to call the cops. It doesn't matter. You're a minor. You don't live here. We don't know who you are. And so they took full advantage of the fact that I had paid for everything with promises of having my own room. And as it turns out, um, one of the girls was uh, one of the, my, my friend, she was pregnant or who I thought was my friend anyway. And she thought it would be a great opportunity to get a baby room out of it. Um, and that's how that worked out. So I lived in my car for a bit. And then another friend from school um, decided that, you know, she found out And so she told her mom and her mom said, come stay with me. And again, that worked for about a year and a half. And I was finally kind of going back to school, starting to get my life on track. And then 
I got kicked out again. Sorry, it was probably less than a year on that. Um, and I got kicked out again uh, because this friend also got pregnant um, and she wanted a baby room. And so she also didn't want to disappoint her mom. So she told her, you know, I was on drugs and I was, this was a lot of the times when they would argue, she'd say, why aren't you more like, you know, this person, <laughs> Cindy, anyone. And, um, and she would refer to me. And of course that would piss off any other teenager being compared to somebody that's not even a relative, um, but a friend that you were helping out. And here's your mom saying, why can't you be more like this person? So yeah, I, I get her pissedivity. She was pissed. Um, but yeah, it was still brutal that she said I was on drugs and doing all kinds of stuff. And, um, and in reality, I was working my butt off at school, trying to get my grades back up again from months of, of not going to school. And I was working part-time. I was, I was playing basketball. I was running track. I was trying to do all the things you're supposed to be doing and cleaning the house and all those wonderful people pleasing things that I was taught to do. And I didn't see it coming. And then one morning I get woken up at six in the morning and I get told you need to leave. That's it. Take your stuff and you can come back for the rest of it. And that was it. So once again, I ended up in my car um, a newer car, which was nice, but of course I couldn't afford it. <laughs> and, um, so that was it. That was the end of that. And I ended up going to live with some family members who were absolutely utterly horrible. Um, and I was, you know, 18 at this point and, I had to drop out of school completely at that point. I just, it was just a give up kind of thing. And, um, went to go live with a family member and I got hit and I got told that I was basically worthless and, you know, your mom died and you got to remember that you have no one. And so I was told quite a bit and, you know, I, I was, you know, I was used as a punching bag sometimes and I just kind of went with it, to be honest, and I hated every minute of it. And then I finally broke free of that. But that's, that's my, you know, that, that, so that was the horribleness of um, my life that young and that that's not even the half of it I mean there's so much that happened before and so much that happened after but that's just a small chunk of possibly like three years and all because you know my mom didn't understand to tell me stand up for yourself you know she'd say stand up for yourself if somebody hits you you hit them back which I you know it's just one of those things she's like you hit them with whatever you can find um, but you know, I'm obviously doing things differently with my son. Um, I validate his feelings and people always find that funny. Like, Oh, well you, you do as I say, well, no, he's got feelings too. And I want to make sure that as he grows up, he knows that he's going to be listened to and he doesn't have to do what he doesn't want to do. You know, it's, you know, he doesn't want to give me a hug. That's fine. Don't give me a hug. He doesn't want to, you know, there's boundaries obviously where he does have to do tidying up and, you know, all the little things, but 
I validate his feelings and I didn't get that. Um, I was made to be a people person, a, a people pleaser, sorry. And I look at my marriage and I think, I, I, you know, I would have left a long time ago had I had the confidence to, had I not had that fear of someone's not going to like me, someone's not going to love me and how horrible that's going to feel if they don't love me. Now I know better. Now it's a big fuck you and move on with your goddamn life. Um, but I learned that very late in life. Um, I was way in my 20s and 30s before I I really kind of understood that, that it's okay to empower yourself. And, you know, you don't have to care um, what that person thinks to that extent where it's harming you. Obviously, I care about what people think because I care about people's, you know, feelings and emotions and, and stuff, but not to the point where it supersedes me. And um, yeah, so I guess I've just been thinking about that and I just wish things would have been different. But, you know, you can always hindsight is is an amazing thing, isn't it? Um, but, you know, if you if you're out there and you're listening to this you know, it's, it's okay to have self care, it's okay to love yourself, it's okay to stand up for yourself. You don't have to bend over backwards for other people. Um, they people will either like you or they don't. And you let me tell you, you can try to please people all day long, twice on Sunday, and they still won't give a shit about you or your feelings. Um, They'll just take advantage of what you're doing. And it's so important that if you're listening to this, you know that love yourself first. Make yourself happy. Be happy in your own skin. Be happy in with who you are. Um, don't do a job because it's going to save your marriage. Don't do it. Don't go to school because it's going to save your marriage. I, you know, I, again, I switched, I, I thought my, my marriage wouldn't survive me going to nursing school the first time around. Um, and the pressures and I did that and I did that on my own. Um, because I thought it would be the best thing. And obviously here I am, um, getting, you know, separated, getting divorced, you know, at some point, <laughs> Um, and a single mom and, you know, I should have, you know, there's a lot of things, again, hindsight, <laughs> but it, it, you know, it's, it's all of that. And it's so important that we learn to love ourselves, you know, fuck everyone else around you. Um, obviously with the exclusion of your kids, but you just have to, you have to set an example. How do you want them to act and how do you want them to behave? And, and if you, if you want them to be a doormat for somebody else, then, you know, be a doormat yourself. Um, but I doubt people out there want, want that for their kids um, and set an example. Um, you don't want that for yourself you want, you know, you want to be treated with respect and you want people to, you know, I'd rather be by myself. And now I've learned, be, I'd rather be by myself than be surrounded by people that I'm constantly and exhaustingly trying to please because I want them to like me. If they don't like me, fuck them. Fuck them. And yeah, 
So that's it. So anyway, guys, so I've rambled on for long enough. So take care of yourselves. Be safe. Take care. Self-care. Do something for yourself. Um, meditate. Sit down. Have a, a, a cup of coffee, tea, whiskey, whatever you want to do. And just take time to be mindful of yourself and love yourself and fuck everyone else if they don't get it and and i mean anyone you know if somebody's damaging in your life and they're toxic get rid of them it doesn't matter who they are because it doesn't matter that they're your mother father sister brother cousin it does not matter if they're toxic they're toxic and you don't need that so anyway guys have a great weekend i will catch you back on monday see ya